This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our own humanity. Matt Whitting is the animation director for the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. But he also has worked a lot for DC Animation as the supervising animation director on Batman The Long Halloween and Green Lantern Beware My Power. He even did the opening animation sequence for the Birds of Prey movie. My talk with this talented animator in a moment. Mac, it's great to have you on the podcast talking about the animation that was done for Guardians of the Galaxy and some of the other cool things you've done too, by the way. But um, as far as that, I, I did like the rotoscope style. And I read an article that the Ralph Batchke style was kind of an influence. Talk about, talk about uh, you know, setting that style. And then we'll talk about the process. Uh, it, it seemed pretty elaborate, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, from sort of the inception of this project, it was communicated that, you know, James Gunn and the team were interested in emulating that that vintage rotoscope style that was really popular in uh, the 70s and 80s. Ralph Bakshi in particular um, utilized that for a lot of his films. Uh, I myself as a kid remembered watching in awe the Lord of the Rings uh, oh, yeah. that actually directed and was so beautifully animated. So after kind of an initial discussion about that, aside from having watched the films, you know, I, I did sort of a deeper dive into researching how those were created. There's some great YouTube videos actually about some of the production work that was done on those films. It really kind of resonated with me early on that this was going to need to be done sort of authentically in the sense that we would need to utilize, you know, live action footage. And so I, I launched kind of on a test uh, where Marvel was kind enough to pr provide some um, B-roll footage from the original Guardians movie. And that was where we launched was kind of exploring how this was going to look and feel. It was only uh you know, a handful of seconds, this, this initial test, and it was just a singular scene of, of Yondu talking, but it took me, gosh, it took me a, a couple months to produce <laughs> because wow, again, the, the nature of rotoscope is drawing almost every other frame of, of animation. So, um, that was all done by hand by myself, a, a lot of late nights up drawing Yondu, um, but a labor of love, and I think it turned out really well. Um, and clearly the studio did as well. So that was sort of um, the impetus for for the project and, and kind of the establishment of the style. Yeah, I mean, you can't really do, I don't care how good the aging process is, you can't make, you know, Peter Quill a young man again. Right. <laughs> you know, Chris Pratt is just not, you know, he's not, he's young, but he's not that young. Yeah. So the fact that they cast another actor and yet there's a resemblance to Chris, it really worked. Now, I have to ask you, as far as the process, did they record the audio first and then you animated or how did it all work? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, so following the test, we, we again, we continued to discuss how this was going to be produced and um, it became clear that we were going to need to to shoot do a practical shoot um with with the actors themselves so 
Marvel again was very gracious and and understanding about that. And so they arranged for Matt Senreich and Seth Green, the um, owners of Stupid Buddy and myself to fly out to Georgia. And so we actually got to go to a sound stage uh, and meet, you know, James Gunn and the rest of the production team that was there shooting Guardians 3. And so they set up kind of a, a sound stage with various taped off areas that kind of designated the locations that we were going to create. In this case, we we're going to create them, you know, digitally uh, painting and drawing the various backgrounds and locations. Um, and then it was really cool. Michael Rooker himself was there. Sean Gunn, who plays Craglin in the films, was there. The child actor in this particular case, Wyatt Olaf, was is a great actor who played young Peter in the uh, earlier Guardians films. Well, naturally, he's now 20-something years old yes. and was not available. Um, so they had a younger actor stand in for him who kind of resembled Peter. Um, and he did a great job um, performing. So that experience was understandably really cool from a creative standpoint to be there on set with this live action team. Um, and James was extremely collaborative in discussing with us you know, whether or not the the um, direction of the camera and different things would work for us with in terms of animation. And naturally, it, it was just, you know, really inspiring to watch and to be a part of. But that footage was really the template by which we then set up the animation. And of course, the cool thing about animation is while we had the live action footage, we were also able to make adjustments after the fact. So if we wanted to cut in a little closer or have a little subtle camera adjusts or things of that nature, we were able to do so on our end. But the performances themselves were captured then and there in real time. And so we ingested that footage onto our, into our you know um, animation software. We used a program called Toon Boom Harmony to produce this, um, which I'm a big advocate for and really uh, love as a, a drawing tool and animation tool. And at that time, we continued to not only um, set up the, the footage for animation, but also design the characters. Because as you alluded to, you know, Sean Gunn himself, a tremendously talented actor, uh, we needed to de-age and represent him as a younger mm -hmm. teen yeah. or early 20-year-old person as well. So at that time was when I kind of did the design, the younger designs of him. And, and we had, a, again, a discussion with James and Marvel about, about that process. And then we kind of designed um, a, a, a version of young Peter that sort of bridged the gap between uh, the actual actor from the films and, you know, where we envisioned Peter being at that age for, for this kind of genre. In particular, Michael Rooker's case, and even yeah. Sean Gunn, did they have to actually, when you did, did the live action shooting, did they actually have to appear in makeup or, or not? That's a great question. They did wear their costumes, but they were both relieved to know that they did not need to don the full makeup because that was something that we illustrated after the fact. Um, so Michael Rooker did allude to that. He's like, oh, this is easy. You know, I don't even have to put on the blue face or the the head fin or anything um but yeah they were, i mean they were tremendously gracious incredibly talented and it was 
really neat to see them in their element, um, you know, portraying these iconic characters and getting the chance, of course, then to draw and illustrate those performances after the fact. Now, the background, you said they were limited props. So I guess the ship, everything based on the original designs, that was done later. Is that how it worked? That's correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were literally sitting in office chairs and things of that nature. Um, the one practical element that was there was that was the Christmas tree itself. Um, so there's the great scene where Yondu, Michael Rooker, is trashing the Christmas tree. Of course, we had him do that in real time because you can't uh, you can't substitute that sort of uh, performance or um, interaction as well. But um, but yeah, I mean, they were just they were kind of sitting around in office chairs. The prop department was there, and they did a tremendous job of providing some sort of reference of where things would be. But it was similar to a CG shoot in the sense that we we knew all along that we would be going in to draw the elements as as need be. Mm. As far as um, you know, you you have you have the backgrounds, you have them. So now the footage is shot. Mm-hmm. It, you get to see the footage. Uh, is any of the drawings done ahead of time as to what everything's going to look like, or do you kind of base it on you know where they are in the scene kind of thing? Yeah. I, I had started to do a storyboard. Um, there was a period of time where we were not sure that we were going to be shooting it entirely practical. So I kind of went through my traditional approach, which would be to board out scenes and kind of envision sort of the, the compositions. Um, but once we found out James was going to be helming this and directing it, um, of course, you know, we kind of sat back and let him work his genius. Again, I think the the great part was the, the live action footage. We shot it kind of wide enough and broad enough that we could cut in or add or adjust compositions accordingly. But I think it was, uh, everyone was very collaborative and it was a mutual conversation and understanding of what our intentions were. You know, we, I think we all kind of had ideas, but um, ultimately, we were really happy to, you know, at the end of the day, it's it, James Gunn's thing and he's a genius. So we really deferred to kind of his vision, but we we had a lot of creative input in terms of adjusting things ever so slightly and, and just sort of fulfilling the vision that everyone had. So. No, it worked. I thought it was a cool sequence. Uh, it was a very heartwarming special. It had, it had some action, but really it was about Quill kind of missing what he gave up by going with the Guardians, regular Christmas celebration. So I, I thought it was really nice and sweet. So oh, thank you uh, so much. So I, I appreciated that. And that part was sentimental. It kind of bookended the special. And yeah. I thought that was a nice touch, too. So, uh, yeah, it was just all around really well done. And uh, always fun to see Kevin Bacon, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh I, I, I love this stuff both as a fan and, and being able to participate and contribute in any way, shape, or form was really special and neat for me. But yeah, I think most importantly, and the thing that I was thrilled to see was that fans, whether they understand animation or the history or the kind of intention or not, they were able to take away that sense of nostalgia and they kind of, they understood the intent behind it. Yeah. So that, that was really gratifying because... 
you know, sometimes you, you do stuff and you put it out there in the world and you're not quite sure. I mm. opening a, opening a guardians um, holiday special with animation. I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, you know, Hey, what, what is this? Right? <laughs> Where's, where are our characters? But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a very cool thing to be a part of. There is more with Mac Whitting on his work for Marvel and DC in a moment. My conversation with Mac Whitting continues. Speaking of animation, you were the supervising animation director on Green Lantern, Beware My Power, and the amazing Batman, The Long Halloween, which was, I thought, a great adaptation uh, as well. For both those cases, I know the animation is done overseas, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. So is it a lot of coordination between, you know, here in the States and I think it's done in Korea. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had the pleasure of, of being the supervising animation at, uh, director at Warner Brothers for several years now. And with that comes these incredible opportunities to work on IPs like the ones you just mentioned, work with some incredible producers and directors and, and just talented people. Yeah, we still operate with kind of an overseas pipeline um, just due to budgetary constraints and, and various things. A lot of these studios are really all around the world, but that particular style of animation, the sort of young adult, more mature content yeah. has has um, really depended on Korean studios for a long time. Um, they, they just have a knack for nailing that very graphic kind of comic bookish uh, style. Um, they do action sequences really well in particular. So our role at the studio is to um, really kind of set them up for success with a blueprint of storyboards, character designs. In some cases, our, our internal team even does animation tests or sequences to kind of demonstrate for them the style that we would like that movie or show to uh, look like. And then we're also very involved in the back end of things as well. So when the footage comes back to us, we're either doing drawover notes or retiming things, um, or in some cases we're going in and, and reanimating or enhancing the animation in house. So we try to utilize kind of smaller teams of really talented people that can really enhance the project on a larger scale. But it's it's a very collaborative process. I mean, animation in general is such a laborious task. It takes a yeah. long time to produce and it really is a, a labor of love. Yeah, we. I think one thing that was really interesting about the pandemic is how, I mean, we've always had these great relationships with overseas vendors, but even more so, we kind of expanded our our involvement with studios around the world, and and you really start to see how much talent is out there, kind of from a global perspective. Yeah, and and it's really cool as well to see um, different countries what in, inspires and influences their art and stuff. So, yeah, we're continuing to try to find unique creative partnerships with. Uh, studios. I mean, after the pandemic, I had the the pleasure to go to Italy and meet with a small Italian studio. And so, nice. um, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting part of the job. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that the commonality is 
the understanding of the art, the process, and sort of the, the intention behind the storytelling. So, yeah, we, we have, we still have a lot of calls with these vendors and, and people and, you know, it's, it's very much a collaborative thing. It's cool. And I'll tell you, I have to commend Warner Brothers for the different styles of animation that each movie and series uses, you know, based on a director's vision. And it's just, it just adds something else to it also. Um, so I have to ask you, now James Gunn, of course, is running DC Studios yes. with Peter Safran. So I, 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 animation, as I understand it, a lot of the projects that we're seeing were already planned. Mm-hmm. So I guess from what I understand going forward, new animation projects are going to be based on their new timeline that they developed. So from your perspective, is everything kind of on hold right now or what's going on there? Um, no, that's a great question. Yeah, usually our slate is decided almost a year in advance. So, yeah. um, so there's there are a number of projects that we still have in production that are really exciting. Um, things that have been announced that I can talk about. Uh, there's there's a My Adventures with Superman show that's in production currently. Nice. It's a really cool and unique take on Superman that leans into a bit more of an anime style. Um, nice. So that's that's a really unique and creative one that I'm excited about. Um, Bruce Tim is is currently still developing a new iteration of Batman the animated series um, called Caped Crusader. That one I'm I'm really really wow. about yeah. And um, so there and there's a ton of of various things. I mean, there's still um, the new you know iteration of Looney Tunes cartoons. Mm-hmm. And and different things that are happening there. Um, Scooby Doo continues to be a. Stable. Oh yeah, I know you worked uh, on one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, you alluded to it, but that that is one of the things that I do love about being at Warner is is the wide range of variety. I mean, we have everything pr- from preschool all the way up to adult content, yeah, yeah. and varying animation styles, and um, and so yeah, it. it there's never a dull day because no. in, in, a, in a singular day, you can be touching a lot of different styles, different, you know, interacting with different directors and producers. And that's the most fun part of my job really is getting to bounce around and try to fulfill those various visions, um, you know, supplementing teams with a wide array of talent and artists and stuff. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just approaching, Peter and James's vision coming up with an open mind. Yeah. And uh, I can, you know, I can see there was a lot of fervor over Henry Cavill, but they have a 10 year plan. Right. And Henry is in his late 30s. Sure. So by the time the 10 year plan is over, and if they're concentrating on Superman and Batman, he's going to age out, you know. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I can totally understand that move and the making and casting a younger actor works because they can age in and mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense but exactly. hey, i would have liked to have seen henry do it at least one more time but oh sure yeah he yeah. he's tremendous and he did a lot yeah. of great stuff with that role yes um, he did but but to your point yeah so they're clearly in development that's that's going to take a long time i mean they're yeah. they're really world building um, yeah oh yeah you see from from scratch almost you know and 
the the animation will definitely come. I think that's really exciting to know yeah. that that's coming down the pipe. Uh, I just I put sort of my faith in uh, you know Mr. Gunn because yeah <laughs> he I, I think he's really shown and demonstrated that he has a grasp and understanding for um, sort of having heartfelt um superhero content that is character driven first and foremost it's not just reliant on the cg battle stuff which is still in there and really fun but he kind of bridges the gap uh over so many genres of comedy and you know sentimental stuff with the superhero and comic book influences so i'm i'm really excited to see what they they cook up i think it's yeah gonna me be too really cool it's yeah. gonna be fun yeah, yeah it's 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 wild because obviously you work with him on marvel and now he's gonna be on dc it's kind of i know yeah i i it was i was very pleasantly surprised um so yeah we'll, we'll see what the future holds but i i will be waiting with bated breath you know if it, whatever he says he wants to do i'd be happy to contribute in any way well you have a leg up because you work with him already so you know his style so um, yeah. uh yeah so i mean whatever he does even in the animation side because you have worked with him uh you know his you know his style and how he works sure. so that's uh that's that's a, that's a nice uh that's a, a blessing really to have that already without Indeed. having to learn that absolutely yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on that and really the other projects we've mentioned and so many others. Uh, it's just, I mean, I I loved Warner's style for years and I've been covering it, not really since the Wonder Woman movie came out years ago and I've been following it ever since and something else just got announced recently. So, uh, and then the different series, uh, it's just a lot of fun. And then Marvel, I love Marvel too. I why can't I love both? You know, and uh, you know, I'm looking <laughs> right. forward to. I, yes, I I don't. I mean, I don't discriminate as a consumer either. No. Right? I, I it's all it's all fun stuff. At the end of the day, as long as people are, are it brings them some joy or entertainment. That's really our intent. At the end of the day, of course. But it's neat. I mean, I you you mentioned this, and I really do feel blessed to be where I am and doing what I am growing up as a little kid loving cartoons and comic books and all these things to be living in the world where yeah. that is kind of the tent pole of, of production right now is um, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. We're kind of going through a golden age of animation right now. And in particular in the DC side, it's just like the, the quality of the movies have been absolutely incredible and things that you didn't think would be able to be done are done uh, you know, Long Halloween, uh, The Killing Joke. I mean, the first R-rated one. I mean, it was just all phenomenal. And, uh, you know, with the late, great Kevin Conroy. Oh, that right. was, that That still stings. It really does. Even after all these months later, it still stings. Yeah, no, absolutely. What a talent. Um, indeed, yeah. Uh, he he really is. He may be the the most quintessential Batman of all um i think so especially yeah yeah but yeah thank you so much for your kind words i mean i i'm only a very small part of all this but i i appreciate that um sentiment and i i very much feel the same way again there's there's just such a huge um 
array of talent here at the studio and in our in our genre altogether. You know, and yeah. it's so cool to see people like Guillermo del Toro out there and and bigger name directors and producers who are speaking up and being kind of vocal advocates for animation as a storytelling device. So um, hopefully we get to keep doing this for many more years to come. Oh, absolutely. I think you will. All right. Well, <laughs> what a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm Mac Whitting, and he animated the sequence at the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special long halloween and actually did the uh, opening sequence for birds of prey too that yeah, was animated and that was boy that was funky that was really cool <laughs> that was all over the place just like harley is so it makes total sense exactly yeah that was that was a really fun one as well um, yeah. but yeah thank you so much it was right. it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you all right you take care and happy new year to you happy new year to you as well Look for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney+, Plus. really sentimental and sweet, and Kevin Bacon, too. Batman the Long Halloween, Birds of Prey, and Green Lantern Beware My Power are on HBO Max. This is Tony Talata.